Welcome to the fifth episode of Trust the Badge. In this episode, I interview Officer Anthony. Officer Anthony is a police officer in Pennsylvania, and he has served for about a year now. In the interview, he describes his experience as a police officer in the views of policing in his municipality. I hope you enjoy, and we will start off with Officer Anthony introducing himself. My name is Anthony. I've been a police officer for about a year in a smaller department on the outskirts of Pittsburgh. I grew up in a similar area. I just graduated the academy last year in June, so I've been a police officer for just about a year, and I'm enjoying it, having a good time, and yeah. Would you say you're relatively new as a police officer? Oh, yeah, extremely new. I still, like, I still have, like, my first incidents for everything, so, like, everything, everything is still, like, primarily a first for me. I actually like just got done with my road training. So I'm finally by myself. So like now I've done everything or not everything, but I've done some incidents and now it's like, oh, it's still a first for me because I'm now doing this incident by myself. And what encouraged you to become a police officer? I always wanted to be a police officer ever since like I was a young kid. There was actually a time where I was like, oh yeah, I want to be an engineer. Like, and then I sat through like one physics class and I was like, yeah, I can't do that. I don't know, just everything with the media and stuff, like uh, uh, seeing like everything gets taken the wrong way or something like that. So I, I really wanted the area that I'm working in. And is policing in your area, like you said, the, the outskirts of Pittsburgh, is it different from other jurisdictions or municipalities that you know of? Yeah, so area that I work in is not very... I don't know how I want to say this, but uh, it's it's a higher crime area, I'd say that. So, like, there's a lot more incidents, and, you know, we have a higher call volume than surrounding townships, cities, things like that. So, yeah, it, it's definitely different, but in the same thing, it, I mean, it's still the same job. It's just, you know, we tend to do it more frequently. And as you said, this is your first year being a police officer. Is there anything unexpected? Or is there anything different than what you thought it was going to be like? Definitely. So I was so excited to get out there and do everything. And then you do everything or you do something. And then you have to do whatever you did. You have to do 10 times more paperwork on what you did. <laughs> so it, it's definitely paperwork is like probably 70% of the job, at least. You probably spend 70% of your time doing paperwork. I expected it to be a lot more like, oh, yeah, we do all this stuff and then we're, you have to do a report and then sometimes you have to do criminal complaint and all that stuff, which is done on another system. And then, and then there's department forms that go with everything that depends on each situation that happens. So um, it's, it's very lengthy with paperwork, but I mean, it's still the job that I thought it was going to be. It's just a lot more paper oriented. I've heard that a lot with other officers saying the same thing. You know, they expect it to be more on the field and more exploring with the community. And now it's just more of the paperwork that fills up their time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of pretty funny. When you um, make like one arrest and it, it, depending on the arrest, like it could really lead into like three hours of paperwork, especially uh, like, uh, um, like a DUI arrest, it just takes, there's so many pieces of paper that have to go with that. And then, you know, the articulation just takes a while for me. And as you said, you became a police officer to help the community and bring some change. And, you mm -hmm. know, when you said that, that really does bring a lot of care because not only you, but I'm sure many other officers out there, they all have the same reasoning as to become an officer. But then at the end of the day, when you say, you know, you have to do so much paperwork, how often do you actually like 
you know, communicate and socialize with the public and the community? I make it a point to at least communicate and socialize with the public as often as I can. Even for me, like I always drive around with my windows down because like people will say hi or like ask you a question or you go into the the gas station to grab a drink and somebody talks to you there. So I make it a point to like, when somebody comes up to me to, you know, talk to them and I make it a point to go up to people and talk to them. Oh, wow. So you're more prepared when it comes to that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a small, you have a large impact on people when you're a police officer. So, um, you know, going out of your way to contact somebody from the community could really change their opinion or change the way they view police officers. So I try to do it as much as possible and I know that there's a lot of people in my department that do the same, do the similar things. But there's also people, on the other hand, that I've seen people that just roll around with their windows down and then it's just a different way to do it. But, you know, I, I want to do a community oriented job. I want to be involved. I want to be able to help people. It's a career, it's not a job. I've heard that as well, too, because, you know, it's not only a job, but so many other responsibilities. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to make sure and you you just have to make sure that you're doing the best you can with that responsibility. Talking to the community, you know, like, for example, with your windows rolled down, I think it brings like a safer environment for everyone Mm because, you know, everyone knows that you're more open to to talking to everyone. Yeah, the more you're so the more you talk to people, the more they're likely to talk to you when an incident happens. If you stop and there's people walking through, you know, the city and you stop and you talk to people and, you know, if something were to happen in front of them, they're more likely to be like, oh, yeah, he went this way. or Yeah, this happened. So um, it promotes like just a healthy community, really. So, um, you know, it's very important. Yeah. And um, in your location uh, in Pennsylvania. When you are in your uniform, how does uh, the public or the community treat you differently versus out of your uniform? Um, that, that's a really good question. So I'm, I'm 22. Um, people don't call me sir when I'm outside of my uniform. It, it's very oh, okay. strange to me. So like when, I, when I'm in my uniform, people call me sir. And I'm always like, listen, I'm younger than you. You don't have to call me sir. Like I'm not really big on roles. I'm not big on titles or anything. So like you don't. But it, it's strange for me because um, that's something that took me a very, well, it took me, I'm still not used to it when people come up to me and say, like, sir, because when I'm out of my uniform, people would just feel like, hey, man, you know, which is just a normal, and you have normal interactions. But, um, you know, people definitely view you, um, you know, differently. It just depends on, like, the community that you work in. Like, I know... Um, in my area there's not really uh like there's a lot of people that like the police and there's also people that just you know they haven't had the best experience with police so um uh you get different kinds of looks from people you know the people that wave and people you know that nod their head and then you get people that just look at you so um it's different but you know Okay. And that was also going to bring you to my next question, like where you're located at, uh, as you said, it's a bit, it's a bit of a smaller department, smaller jurisdiction. So are the people there, are they more, would you say friendlier or are they, um, which side are they on when it comes to, uh, the, the support of police? Um, I'd say that the community as a whole, I think that like, there's, 
Um, the community as a whole would probably is probably pro police, and um, just because like um, even if the community, um, even if the community like doesn't understand what you're doing, they understand there's a necessity for you, you know. So they they might not like really love the police, but they understand that you're a necessity um, to the community. Um, I know that like every person that I've came encounter with is extremely re respectful to me. Um, you know, I've had scenarios where, you know, that hasn't been the case, but, um, for the most part, I'd say like the community as a whole is supportive and, um, very, um, you know, helpful. And, uh, I think they look, look at us in a good light. Yeah, I, I know, like, when when I'm at the station, like, people bring food to the station, so um, that's a good thing, and, you know, they bring water and stuff, so it's, uh, they definitely like us in the area. There's definitely some people that, you know, don't, don't have the same opinion, but uh, that comes with every job and everything, everything in life. Of course, yeah, and, uh, yeah, as you said, you've been working there for a year now. With that year experience, how are you liking the job? Is it more, you know, difficult? Is communicating with the public more easily than you thought it was? Or was it more difficult than what you thought it was? Yeah, um, I love the job. Um, it, it's honestly, like, I, I don't feel like I'm going to work when I go to work. And I, uh, I hope everybody finds that with, like, their career choice. Is that, like, when you go to work, you don't feel like you're going to work. And so, like, for me, I have a blast every time I go to work. Um, so in the in this year, I've noticed that there's, like, so many different things that go into the job. Like, um, you know, like, every little aspect of the job, like, there's, like, three different, like, you know, there's always different things that you have to think about with everything. Um, I'd say that, like, within the year, I've... Uh, I've like definitely been able, like realized, like I've, I've always been a good talker, you know, I've always been able to communicate very well with people. So, um, that wasn't really an issue for me. And I feel like it's a little bit easier to talk to people when you're, uh, in a police uniform because people kind of just look to you and like want to talk to you. So, um, I think it's important to like be approachable in scenarios, like, like I said about going to the gas station, like I'll go to the gas station, you know, nod at everyone, wave, like, hey, how are you? And then like those people are very willing to come and talk to you. But definitely over the year, I've realized that a lot more goes into the job than just, you know, doing what uh, what you see on TV and stuff. So, wow. OK, so <laughs> would you explain right there? That was great because. Usually I get like, you know, more short term responses, but that was a great answer, I think, especially that you've been working on the job for a year now. And wow. OK, that, that's a lot of responsibility that you had to carry. That's a lot of um, that, that's a lot of awareness that you had to be aware of, obviously. And, yeah. you know, maybe not in your location, but how do you think the public and media um misunderstand about policing not maybe not particularly in your location but you know just in the general form of the u.s yeah um 
so like a brief little thing about like my location our department we're not allowed to talk to the media like news outlets or anything so like if um we have our like our supervisors are the only people allowed to talk to them so if they come up to us and ask us we have to like um you know push them up our chain of command um but i think that uh a lot of the miss the misunderstandings come from the fact that people don't understand the job so like people don't understand like how we are trained to react and how we do react in scenarios that could be harmful for us in scenarios that could be um deadly for us so um we are trained to act differently and i don't think that um the public or you know people that are uneducated about law enforcement ever really um or like the news media or anything like that like they don't dive into you know okay like this is the whole also another big part of that is you know what sells for media so you have a good headline or do you have like the whole incident i mean in these scenarios um i know i always look to see the whole incident and like see what actually happened because a lot of times like um the behavior from the police officer is shown and you're not seeing what led up to that so i think it's important for the media to show the whole clip i know sometimes it doesn't get as many views and it won't be as popular but um yeah i think that's probably one of the most uh the two probably most misunderstanding is that they don't understand the job and they don't uh they're you're only getting snippets and clips of what actually happened yeah that's exactly that's that's exactly what i always think of as well because the media obviously they're trying they're just a business right they're trying to sell yeah. the information that people want to hear mm-hmm. so yeah exactly so what they do is they just get the little snippet of a whole 30 minutes situation mm-hmm. into 30 seconds and they get the part where supposedly the officer is doing something wrong rather than showing what happened beforehand which i think is a really major problem when it comes mm-hmm. to uh yeah just showing police on you know media and on the tv and all that it's really portrayed in a different way than it actually should be because it's not showing the whole story yeah absolutely and like like i'm not trained to be a media person so i have no idea how to do their job you know what i mean and they have no idea how to do my job so like um, it's it's hard for me to even comment on it sometimes because I'm like, well, I don't, I'm not really sure what their motive is here, and that's why we don't comment on anything, um, like any incidents that happen in our city because of, um, you know, you don't know the way that they're going to take it. Mm-hmm. And when it comes, you know, to the the media and the public misunderstanding policing, what does the phrase, what does the infamous phrase, defund the police, mean to you? Um, well, it doesn't mean anything good. I like, I know, um, like defunding, redirecting the funds. Um, if you're redirecting the funds for police training, I'm a thousand percent on board with that. Like, I know me personally, like I, I go and I try and take as many training classes as possible. Like when training classes are provided to me, I, I take them. Um, I've even spent my own money to go to training classes like out of my own pocket. So um, that's, uh, 
I, I'm very pro training. I'm not, um, I, I know that like, I, I, I don't see our, like our funding being cut really helping us progress as, you know, as like the law enforcement community. I don't, I don't see it getting better if you cut our funding. Um, I don't see anything getting better if you cut the funding, you know, think about like a sports team. If you cut all their funding, how are they going to, you know, how are they going to buy uniforms and do all that thing, do all that stuff. So um, it's just, um, I'm on board with redirecting the funding into training and stuff like that. Um, I'm, I mean, defunding in general just has, like it means that you're kind of weeding something out. So um, obviously it's my career, it's my profession. Um, uh, it's not something I want, you know, weeded out. And I think it's a necessity for the community. Exactly. Like if I could add in, I just wanted to say like, you know, if you're going to defund the police, it's just ultimately going to take the safety of the community itself, right? Mm-hmm. There's so much training. There's so much uh, there's so many tactics and weapons that the police need to use in certain situations. And when the police are defunded, they don't have those, they don't have that gear. They don't have the ne- the necessary items needed yeah. to, to do that task, which uh, is a, is a really huge problem when it comes to, you know, the defund the police movements. And I hope there hasn't been any in your area per se. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my my area hasn't very hasn't really been affected by that. Like you know, I I got hired full time, um, in a department that, um. So I mean, it doesn't it hasn't really affected me yet. I know that like um a lot of people, I've seen like a lot of other departments do like this stuff where their their defunding is just like they waited for a little bit to hire people or they pushed people out. And like, you could see areas like, um, like Washington state that are now like hurting horribly for people. Um, the city of Chicago is another place. Uh, the NYPD, I mean, they're losing people hand over fist. They can't, they can't get enough police officers because they did the defunding thing where they were like trying to hold off on hiring police officers. So now they're in a horrible spot. And, you know, you don't want to see any law enforcement agency in a horrible spot, but, um, you know, kind of happens sometimes when people think more about, like, public perception rather than, um, uh, like, public necessity. Exactly. And, you know, while we were talking about the categorization of where the funding of police goes, like you mentioned training, obviously, Mm -hmm. I'm sure... Many people could agree that uh, police training uh, not necessarily needs to be, but it's definitely a good option to improve police training with funding. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you could share, how was funding toward uh, the police usually categorized? For example, what mostly does the money allocate to and in your location as you could use that as an example as well? Okay, so I'm like I'm not really sure where the money goes and where the money comes from. That's not something that really would be uh, that I have access to or have any idea of. But I know that there's a lot, a lot of funding that we have that could actually, you know, put officers through the academy. I know we're allocated so much money um, through our budget as a city or 
as a township that you're you're getting that you get for training so um and like a lot of you know i haven't looked at the budget or anything of that nature so i wouldn't be able to speak on it um but i know like we need new cars every couple years and we need um without new cars i mean how are we getting from point a to point b um we need new gear and like in my department like you pretty much buy all of your own gear and then we get a stipend at the end of the year um to buy new gear um so i mean i'd say like in my area like they they keep it under control um everything's allocated and budgeted in very well so it's not really um an issue i'd say bigger cities would probably um lose sight of like that a little bit easier just because there's a lot more people you'd have to outfit everyone but since like we're a smaller department um you know it's kind of like okay you get your own stuff you get a stipend for it anything beyond the uh the stipend is on you so um i know like for me like i'm taking uh a couple classes coming up that I'm, I'm paying for out of my own pocket and using my own money. So like, I, I think that the fact that like, um, there's a lot of misinformation about like, you know, the fact that, uh, we get new stuff all the time. Like I know my department, we have, we have some cars that are pretty old, but, uh, you know, everything gets the job done. So, um, I I'm very pro training though. I mean, that's, uh, honestly one of the things that like I want to build my career on is going to more training classes and things like that so I I think it'll only help and um you know but they're more like specialized training you know things like that yeah and um so yeah in your department general uh so do you think that funding is more needed or is it more of a better option to have oh i mean um we need more funds (laughs) than uh it's definitely a necessity to receive funding um if it's from you know the state federal local uh to receive that funding is key i mean you have to think you have in my department i don't know approximately we'll say like 40 patrol or no 40 officers that includes like detectives rank all that stuff um and like every single person i mean like we share cars we don't have take-home cars or anything like that so um people drive these cars every day like through our city and um vehicle maintenance alone is has to be expensive um as well as like you know when you drive a vehicle every day you're going to put thousands of miles on it fast so there's going to be issues with that um plus i mean like technology upgrades like computers and things like that like it's important to have updated computers in your cars because uh all of that stuff so i mean funding is always going to be a necessity um for police just so we could do the job more effectively um 
I know like we have some cars in our department that don't have computers in them and like, you know, some cars that have been in accidents and stuff. So like we had to take the computers out of that car and put them in the other car and things of that nature. Um, so always, we could always use more funding. I know that, um, I've, <laughs> I've never, you know, seen a, well, I guess there's definitely some departments that are probably overfunded, but, um, like our, our tax base isn't necessarily as strong as other um, areas around. So um, our local uh, funding isn't as greater as other places. Okay. And uh, and this may be a little bit more specific toward funding, but do you think mm-hmm. that officers themselves, like not like let's forget about the, the gear and everything do you think that uh-huh. officers themselves are underpaid or do you think they're paid fairly um it it really just like depends on the uh department uh that you work for i know like it my department i make a good amount i mean i'm not like i'm not killing it every year but like um you know, with this being my first year, I'll, I'll do well for a 22 year old. Um, I'd say, uh, in general though, I'd say probably nationwide, they're probably underpaid just for like the incidents and the, everything that you have to deal with, um, on a personal level, you know, your schedule, your, I mean, your schedule can really get to be horrible at times. And, um, I think like we pay a significant amount of time and uh, we sacrifice a lot of things like, you know, like having a normal, regular life. It's kind of hard to do when you work a schedule like that. So I'd say generally underpaid, but like, you know, there's scenarios where uh, the pay is good and you know, so um, the one thing about law enforcement is that most departments have uh, a lot of overtime and details that you could work. So, I mean, if you if you feel like you're underpaid, you have a chance to work more. Um, so, it, like sometimes I think that your your fate lies within like what you want to do with it. But also, I completely understand that people don't want to work overtime because like it's a it's a tolling job. So, okay, and and uh, just to end this, wrap this up. In the future, uh, how would you like the image of policing to be changed? And for example, what actions should be taken for that change to occur? Hmm. Um, I'd say like really just. Um, I'd love to see the media like uh follow some good things you know that happen with police um you know i think that it may not sell as well but like i know like even the media around here like um i know you had uh trooper tristan tappy on your show and she was talking about shop with a cop and the media actually did a story on that so like it's it's good to see uh uh like when the media does good stories um but uh, yeah, uh, I I really think that like over the next few years it'll change. It's like a 
swinging pendulum. So uh, it'll it'll swing back to you know police being in the good eye. And uh, but I, I don't really know what would uh, change. What would have to change for it, other than like uh, just hoping that the media covers some good stories. I understand that you know bad situations happen, and not every scenario uh, the police are right in. But, um, yeah, maybe we can get, like, you know, the full story being shown as well or things of that nature. Just, like, a little bit of media accountability and stuff um, would be positive and would really help us out. Of course. And uh, before we end, would you like to add anything else? No, I just want to thank you. Like, what you're doing is awesome. I've I've, uh, listened to a few of your podcasts. and. it's very good stuff. I, I have a question for you. Sure. Um, what do you, or is this something that you're interested in career-wise? Uh, n- not exactly career-wise when it comes to law enforcement. Uh, I, re- uh-huh. I am interested in practicing law. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now, I don't know if you're familiar, but uh, do you know what a police explorer is? Yes. Okay, yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually a police explorer for uh, my local police department. And mm-hmm. I'm also a volunteer. So I do really appreciate uh, the police and what they do for the community, which is why I really believe in this podcast. And this is why I like to change when it comes to bias, uh, especially when it comes to practicing law. Every every single or most attorneys think that cops are bad. And I really want to change mm-hmm. that. And, yeah, that's my interest to practice law. So, Oh, that's awesome. Listen, I, I'm telling you, I, I've met some – good attorneys and i've also um met some attorneys that are you know in it for monetary reasons but uh studying law enforcement will help you astronomically and uh in your endeavors at law so yeah well thank you again for taking your time absolutely thank you as well you know thank you for listening and stay tuned for more episodes